Hey, hello, hi, everybody. Welcome to the Jeff Reinbold Show. I'm joined as always by my good buddy from NFL Ireland, Michael McQuaid. Michael, welcome to the show. And what in the world? We got another Irish lad going to play college football at Monmouth University. Tag Leader is doing a great job of giving getting opportunities for these young Irish kids. And I'm really proud. We're one, we're in the week of the Shamrock Bowl. It's an awesome moment for for uh, youth football in Ireland. It's it's great and it's great to see Mr. Patterson get just, just get his opportunity. I was chatting the tag yesterday. And so delighted for him and just just, just delighted for his for his brand, for his academy. And um, there's not just great work being done in Ireland. I know I know there's an awful lot of great work being done in the UK and Europe. And uh, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit about the Shamrock Bowl in a bit. I guess well, it, it's going to be an interesting weekend. Jeff, do you know what the significance of today is? Because we've done this podcast on a limb, 12th of July. Do you know what the significance of today is in the NFL world? In the NFL world, Michael Irving, Michael Irvin, excuse me, re- announced his retirement in 2000 on this date. That's really, yeah. Okay, well, I've got a different thing for you. I mean, like that—that's that, obviously uh, you know very relevant. But do, do you have Netflix, Jeff? Yeah, of course, I got Netflix. Come on, I, I live in Hawaii. I don't live. Come on, we got TV. Are, no, like, but do you have Netflix, or are, are you like my sister, where she uses my login and sponges off somebody else, or what, what's the? Uh... Okay, all right, I got you. I hear you. <laughs> so you know what I am, how good I am with technology. But yes, I do have Netflix. We've got a, the reason I'm saying that is because there's a new series just dropped today. It's actually, ironically, the perfect time, in my opinion. We're two or three weeks out from training camp. Perfect time of the offseason. It's called Quarterback, and it follows Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota throughout the 2022 season. And I've watched the first two episodes this morning. And I have to say, I, like, I watched one promo video for it. Now, I wouldn't say I wasn't fussed when I watched the promo video, Jeff, but like I was like, oh, sure, whatever. It's just another, like, you know, like this documentary sort of stuff that's been overdone. It's really good. What's it's really, really good. Tell, tell me about it. I got to, you, you say it's good. Tell me why it's so good. Do they really get inside the quarterback's mind and, and, yeah, the whole deal? That's awesome. Like, I haven't Googled, like, I, I, I don't want to ruin it for people because they're going to watch it. But, like, for example, Kirk Cousins has a great week one in 2022, beats the Packers or the Vikings. And then he goes in the second week, and oh God, who would have played it again? But they get, they get smoked. Um, I, I can't remember who they were playing week two, but they they go there, they get smoked. He has a bad game, uh, and it actually shows that he's getting not not, not full on therapy, Jeff, but he's getting advice. He's speaking to different professionals. Um, Patrick like Holmes, all, psychology coaches. Yes, sir. A, a psychology coaches, Patrick Holmes. You see the inner workings of his life, his family, his kids, his, his, his dad, his wife, uh, the training that he does throughout the week in the off season. And Marcus Mariota's wife at the time of the recording is expecting a baby. Uh, so that, you know, he obviously goes to Atlanta. You see the fallout from week one of last season where, you know, it's third and one. All he has to do is make a first down and, or fourth and one it must have been. Oh, well, it's fair. Has to make a first down, and, and they win the game. Um, and yeah, it's 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 interesting to see. Really, it's I find it really interesting. But I guess the thing for me, Jeff, and you, you see it firsthand, obviously being in the CFL the minute because you're working with players. There's just so much more to it than what people or fans would see for two or three hours a week, isn't it? It's it's insane. 
You know what? It's it's amazing you talking about that because we were we were having this dis- discussion yesterday after practice about the n- amount of hours that it takes to prepare to play sixty minutes, right? And because you play once a week, I don't know if there's another sport. Certainly not. Uh, and and this is no this is no affront to other sports. I'm not downgrading other sports. It's just the way it works. When you play 162 baseball games in Major League Baseball, you play 80 hockey games in the NHL. You play, I don't know, what do they play in the Premiership? 60 games if, if you play? 38, but we'll at least play about five, but that, that, that's a different discussion. Okay, but <laughs> you got to get your shots, don't you? But anyway, you know, when you look at any other pro sport, and that I and I can't think of another one, where you practice and you prepare so much for that 60 minutes. If you think about it, you know, an NFL player is in the office, he, in the office, he's in the facility at six o'clock in the morning. The quarterbacks are in there earlier and he won't leave until probably six o'clock that evening. That's a 12 hour day. And that entire day is filled with preparation, physical preparation, the weight room, nourishment, you know, his, his diet, his hydration, you know, his physio, his all of the physical aspects of preparing and then the mental aspects, the meetings, the film, all of that, then the practice, which is two and a half hours and the walkthroughs, which is probably another hour, all of that goes into, and that's just one day. And you have five preparation days like that before you play You have one day off a week. And the day before the game, you think about it, that is an incredible amount of preparation time for that 60 minutes that you play in the game. And then take that even further, Michael, and say, if you're an offensive player, you're going to play probably 60 plays and every play lasts six seconds, right? So you think about that, the amount of preparation time for that minute 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 or those minute minutes that you're going to be out there and competing actually on the field, it's incredible. I mean, it is incredible. And the pressure and the, you know, the focus and the expectation, when you play as many games as they play in those other sports, it's so much easier to move on to the next game because the next game's right there, right? You may play on Wednesday, then play on Friday, right? Well, in the NFL, you play... And unless you've got a Thursday night game, you're playing once every seven days. And the same thing in, in every aspect of pro football. You can't play this game. It's too physical. You can't play it that, you know, like they do soccer and hockey and all those other sports. Well, psychologically, mm-hmm. the, it's a tendency, and this is why this is the brave new frontier in coaching, is this, the mind aspect, the personality aspect. Well, the tendency is for that pain if you lose to linger too long, you know, because you you can't flush it. What flush is losing? Winning. And you don't even get an opportunity to win for another seven days. And so the psychological aspect on top of all that, it's a fascinating, fascinating thing. That's one of the reasons why I love this game so much. Yeah. It's it's funny you mentioned psychological thing. I honestly, Jeff we're not being but believe me we're not being paid by netflix here i pay netflix with my sky bill per month you're more than welcome to the login if you want jeff just give me a shout um 
just you see a different side to them like Kirk Cousins sitting in the garden after I think they won the third game of the season and he's sitting by himself the kids are playing beside the fire he's literally sitting by himself and he's talking to himself about a play he should have made to Osborne the wide receiver and it, like it's just what you go into there the whole psychological like the, the whole psychological element and the fact that they are living that for such a short period of time with such little games in comparison to different sports it, it's just um, it's it, it's already been renewed for a second season and it's just I guess it's the first thing today so seeing, seeing it today was pretty cool to see but I would fairly recommend it to people if it gets you through the next few weeks my advice would be watch two a week and get to get to the preseason that, that and, that's my plan at the middle and don't forget to always watch the Jeff Reibold show and NFL Ireland because those things will get you to training camp. Because, Michael, we are three weeks away from training camps opening, and I'm telling you, I'm excited. I cannot wait. I see. I was watching. We're going to talk about the NFC South in, in our podcast that we're going to record after this. And I was watching some footage of B. John Robinson in, during OTAs, and I'm going to tell you something. You talk about it. You talk about a guy that has physically gifted man oh man oh man and i am excited to see what they are going to you know what coach smith is going to hook up to uh to you know take advantage of that guy's skills as a matter of fact they've actually renamed him. they don't call him a running back they call him an offensive weapon right because he can do yeah and this 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 is the role the game this is the way the game's going this is the future of the game you look at players around the league now, and the, the, you know, when you start talking about what's the next thing for a player, well, it's the player without a position, the player that can do, you know, so many things. He's a big receiver. He's a small tight end. He can, can be an H back. He can. He has multiple positions. You know, and 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 again, you know, you talk about Pitts, the, the tight end in Atlanta, and he's that kind of guy. He can play detached as a wide receiver. He can play online as a tight end. You know, guys that have that kind of ability is what is Travis? What is Travis Kelsey? Well, he's quote a tight end, but he does so much from so many positions on the field, and that puts so much pressure on the defense because you have to be able to match up with that guy. And so, you look over on the defensive side of the field and. We're starting to see those kinds of guys on defense now, too, in the National Football League. Well, is Diggs uh, a linebacker? Is he a defensive end? You know, those are the kinds of things that coaches absolutely love, guys who are transcend a position but are just great football players. The It, it feels like that conversation is just going to evolve over time because we're going to see more I guess modern ways of thinking in the league over the next few years and that situation is going to be where you have those types of players making different moves maybe playing in different slots different positions and yes like they could be a tight end but they, they could be more a wide receiver and it just shows you when you have that flat like that that's where it was like even going back to that Netflix documentary like Mahomes would be an ass silly questions after losing against the Colts whenever they got beat uh, on that interception the last play of the game and you know he he really relied on Travis Kelsey those first few weeks of the season when that new offense was channeled together as well. So it's uh, 
it's definitely an interesting watch and it's intriguing to see like the robinson looks like a beast chap uh we've got like four or five minutes is there anybody else or any other news on the league that's uh taking your fancy i seen um tony is get going down well with the giants fans as always on, on twitter apparently he was hacked and he wasn't sending any direct messages at all you see that yesterday or been- i thought that I, I you know what it's it's some you know for players and you know it's so tough because you know since the from the time they're high school kids they're taught to you know build their brand you know to be on social media hit every platform you can TikTok, you know instagram twitter you know all of it but that does come with a price and you know whether he was hacked or not i don't know but sometimes you know we we always tell our players this if you are going to tweet it write it read it take a deep breath and read it again before you tweet it because once it's in once it's in cyberspace it's pretty hard to get it back off so um unfortunate situation there and i think it's going to be interesting to watch how that thing goes forward um i think what's interesting we and i want to go back to deandre hopkins because the hop right now is the chess piece that's that's out there that teams like say for example the bills right imagine what he could bring to that offense right think about teams you know again like the patriots who need that number one you know that that guy that could go in there and, and a guy you can put the, you know, at the critical moment, he can make a play for you. All those teams that are in that Super Bowl window that are saying, hey, if we just had one more weapon, right? The challenge is for most of those teams, they're up against the cap so deep, he has to, he would have to play on a, on a you know, a contract that isn't anywhere near what his worth is, right? And what, now he's going to have to make a decision. Do I want a Super Bowl ring or do I want to get paid, right? This is going to be a fascinating one, for, for at least for me, to see what direction he wants to go because he, he's not going to make as much in Buffalo as he's worth. There's no way. They can't fit him in the cap that way. And they'll be real, they'll be real aggressive and, and real creative in how they do it. But, you know, does he want to go to, let's say, Carolina, I, I, I'm just, or text the Texans or somebody like that. Well, where he could probably make his money, but he's not going to go to the Super Bowl. And at this point in his career, I'm rooting for the Super Bowl decision because I want to see him all the way until February. I think like, if you look at like the teams that are available at the minute, if he wants to go to a Super Bowl window and he wants to go to a team that's going to challenge for a trophy, you're obviously going to have to accept less money. Obviously. But how does, like, just as you said, like, you know, what does he want to do? Does he want to be remembered for that? Does he want to be remembered as a guy that takes a decent enough whack from New England to go there for a year or two max and then go somewhere else? It's just, it's, we, we've seen the off-season where the running back position is not getting paid at all. It, and it's, 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 not as if it's, it's not as if the position is falling off. We're now looking at a situation where wide receivers may find more value. I just don't know where he's going to end up. And I feel like we could be sitting in three, four weeks' time. We could be sitting towards the end of August, Jeff, and we could be waiting for this. It's it's uh, interesting to say the least. I mean, like I, I obviously, there was no future there in Arizona. 
I just don't see, and we, we talked about this in the last podcast, I don't see the benefit of him going to New England. Like, you know, in terms of his career, like, it's, it would be, like, I'm not being down on Patriots. There's a lot of Patriots fans in Ireland, the UK, Europe, listen to this. I'm not being down on the Patriots. I just don't feel that they've got a championship caliber roster at the minute to take it to the next level. I don't feel that Hopkins going to New England, but, you know, start getting the rings ready, lads. You know, it's not it's not going to happen. Like, do you look at Miami? Do you look at the Buffalo? How, how realistic are those options? Well, I think I think that's all going to depend on what Hop wants to do, right? I mean, he, you know, again, that's the the beauty of even though the the salary cap can be manipulated, like we've seen it manipulated, you know, all this off season, it still is a hindrance for teams who want to do the Man City thing, and that's basically go out and buy all the good players and then dominate the competition. Uh, and I think that's good. So at this point, I think you're right on, Michael. I think it comes down to D-Hop making a decision. Do I want to stand underneath or do I want to put myself in a position to stand underneath the confetti? Because there's no guarantee if he goes to Buffalo, let's say, or Miami or any of these others, San Francisco, any any of the teams that have a chance, then, you know, that he's going to get to win a Super Bowl. We saw that last year with San Francisco. It was probably everybody thought the the NFC favorite when the, when the tournament started and Brock Purdy gets hurt, then they, they're out. Or does he say, no, I'm worth this much money and I'm not paying, I'm not playing for less. At some point, and I don't know the man's finance, so I'm just conjecturing, right? But at some point, how much is enough, right? How, how much is enough, right? Is a million seven enough, right? When you've made, I don't know how many million is he's made in his career, to be as you say, remember to ha- to have a chance to to hold that trophy. Because here's the thing, Mike. There, there's a very very small population on this planet, and I'm talking yeah. about minuscule population on this planet that have ever held that trophy, right? As a champion, and and I think that's that's one of the things he and his his advisors, his family. His agent, they're all going to have to weigh that factor. I I completely agree with you. I think you know, like the, even when you were shopping like Google, his net worth, if his if his net worth is forty fifty million dollars, then he should take that opportunity to go for a year. And like I I know it hasn't worked out for Von Miller in Buffalo, but look what he done going to LA. He got his ring, and then I mean he he already had one, but he got another one. He had that same mindset where he was right. I'll go to Buffalo here. Probably would have got more money somewhere else, still getting the fair whack in Buffalo, but DeAndre Hopkins should do something like that there. In my opinion, I think he should go to the NFC. Personally, uh, you've got a better chance of getting further, but you know, time will tell. Um, yeah, maybe he might stay in the NFC West. Who knows? Uh, we're going to talk about the NFC West in a podcast coming up. Uh, people listening to this podcast, the next podcast that me and Jeff have got out is a NFC West preview. Uh, it's it's coming up in the next couple of days and me and Jeff are going to talk sorry about the NFC South that's how awake I am today Jeff but do you want to give me a mahalo and uh, then we'll chat to you soon hey, it's uh, always and uh, thank you for joining us today it was always good to chop it up it's, uh, it's like a little little opportunity to to touch base with uh, my Irish roots and uh, talk a little NFL football mahalo Michael and aloha and let's get on to the NFC South Absolutely. And I should have said to people on this podcast, we have a live event on the 1st of September with Jason Bell in Belfast. 
Uh, the link is in the bio. If you are listening to this ahead of time, get your ticket before it sells out. And Jeff's coming over. Don't worry. Jeff, chat to you soon. See you soon. All right, mate.